Thank you for tuning in. This is the Fit Minute Podcast, where we talk all things health, fitness, and lifestyle. And now for the show. Welcome back. I'm your host, Gabby Mazar. And on today's episode, I have Jamie Middleman. She's the founder of Flame Bearers, a global storytelling platform that showcases resilient women Olympians and Paralympians. So welcome to the show today. Thank you. Excited to be here. Yes. Thank you for coming on. Uh, why don't we start by just you telling us who you are, uh, tell us about yourself and what made you decide to start Flame Bearers? Sure. So Jamie, uh, um, born and raised in the Boston area, considered myself an athlete my entire life, though in the context of working with literally the best in the world, that is not the hat I wear. I wear my marketing and media background hat. Um, I was a, a three-sport athlete in high school and college. I played soccer. After graduating, I got my yoga instructor certification. Basically, sport has been one of my greatest teachers in life. It's the moment, it's the space where I've had some of my greatest moments of joy and learned some really hard lessons too. So essentially, I was getting my master's of policy at uh, the Harvard Kennedy School and had been pitching a role actually that didn't exist. And I thought it should exist to the International Olympic Committee. And it was around their gender equity campaign. They do a whole lot of work around diversity, equity, inclusion. And I said, hey, let me help tell the world all the awesome stuff you're already doing. And then COVID happened and the Olympics and Paralympics were postponed. So I said, hey, fine, you know what? I'm going to just do this on my own. So that's when I started Flame Bears with the goal of elevating the women who are competing at the highest levels in sports and telling their stories. Three years later, we are today and we have community members, listeners in 49 countries growing. We tell stories via video, podcast, and live events, all centering the narrative of Olympians and Paralympians from all corners of the world. And what made you specifically choose that, specifically choose women Olympians and Paralympians? Yeah, um, I think a couple things. Number one, um, historically, less than 4% of sports media coverage goes to women athletes. So that's 96% of sports media goes to male athletes. And then if you are a black or brown athlete, if you're from the global South, if you are an athlete with a disability or frankly outside of the kind of traditional mold of, of beauty, you're not really going to be covered, let alone covered in a way that is empowering and feels good to you. So I really wanted to be a part of changing that and, and providing the role models who are out there so people around the world can say, hey, I can do that too. There's a woman who looks like me who's already at that level, so maybe I should go for my dreams too. Um, so, so that's kind of why. In terms of why Olympians and Paralympians, you know, this I started this right at the beginning of the Black Lives Matter movement. And I am, I'm a white woman. I'm a white, cis, able-bodied woman. And a lot of the conversations in my friend groups were around allyship. What can I do as a white person to be a better ally to individuals in the Black community? And I realized through that that I had 
that just because I'm able-bodied doesn't mean that I should not be talking about athletes with disabilities in the same way that just because I'm a white person does not mean that I should not be advocating and supporting people um, from the black and brown community. So that's why Paralympians are in that group. And I am I am so grateful that I'm doing that because they are some of the most amazing athletes I've ever met. So why do you feel, I mean, other than what you've already said, because of uh, the coverage, why do you feel it's important to share these specific to- stories with about these specific women? I remember when I was a little girl and watching soccer and going to my first professional women's professional soccer match and seeing women who looked like me who were at that stage and being able to have a dream to be able to say, hey, I can do that too. And I think little boys and little girls, if they can see it, they can become it. But I think it's really hard if you don't have role models who you can see and hear who look like you, that it's really hard to to become something you don't know that even could exist. So it was it's really important for me to elevate women from all parts of the world and all backgrounds to show the range of possibilities, not just, you know, the woman who looked like me. Sure, that's fine. But we already know those women are out there. That that's those are the women who who get the bulk of media attention, which is about four percent. So still still pretty pathetic in terms of the overall quantity. So let's just widen the range of scope of who's actually being covered. So what exactly can you define Olympics and Paralympics, why they're different? Obviously, um, you know, where does Special Olympics fit into that? Why is it different? Such a good question. Um, this is something that's commonly confused. I get so many questions about this. So the Olympics are um, the largest international. It's, it's what everyone thinks of when you think of the Olympics. Um The Paralympics, para actually means parallel to or alongside. Those are athletes with physical disabilities. Um, The International Olympic and Paralympics, um, it's one organization that organizes both of them. The Special Olympics are different because they're people with... um, with mental disabilities. So Paralympics is physical disabilities versus Special Olympics is mental disabilities. So that's that's what the difference is there. Um, the direction I would love to see down the line, and and obviously there are city capacity issues and venue limitations to this, is that they, they're actually live at the same time. Oh, that's pretty cool. I, I didn't know that. I thought they were, I thought they were one in the same. I mean, you know that Paralympics yeah. has people is people with disabilities, but the separation between the two, I was I was not actually aware of that. So that is pretty cool. Um, so tell me, so who are some of your favorite guests that you've have on the show that you would like to showcase? Oh my gosh, I feel like you're asking me to choose between my unborn children. <laughs> I I love every athlete that I've worked with. Uh, first and foremost. I recently had the honor of working with Michelle Akers. So for those who are not diehard soccer fans like myself, she's FIFA player of the century, (laughs) excuse me, Um, known as kind of the goat in soccer. Um, She was on the founding U.S. national team, played up through 2000, I believe. Um, It was really cool to be able to work with her on a very close basis to actually co-host a whole season with that original team. Other athletes who I've worked with would be, who I think was absolutely blown away with, 
would be Masima Alizada from Afghanistan. She talked about, you know, growing up in Afghanistan and cycling and having to dress as a man because if people saw her as a woman biking in her city, they would throw rocks at her. Uh, she had to be accompanied by men at all time, went on a bicycle. So that was an incredible story for me to hear and to be a small part of telling because it made me realize how lucky I am to be able to just hop on a bicycle and not think of the consequences um, and the privilege that I have as, you know, as being an American citizen. I love that story. I think it's pretty, um, it's pretty crazy to think the obstacles that especially women have to go through just to even ride a bike, you know, when you think about the coverage that women get, it's only 4%. When you think about, you know, other cultures and how they are different um, and treating women and, you know, what they go through in order to just be doing something that they love and that they're passionate mm -hmm. about, you know, just riding a bicycle down the street, you know, you're risking your life even. It's wild. It's, it's absolutely crazy. And, you know, it's, it's something that impacts her whole family. Her whole family, you know, had to leave because they were targeted by the Taliban because she rode her bike. So it's it's wild, uh, you know, coming from a very small town in the United States. It's, it's a reality that I cannot imagine, but it unfortunately is very true and very real for, for many women around the world. How do you reach out to these people? How do you cover such a wide range of individuals and just hear get their story from them yeah um the the real answer is a lot of hustle and a lot of time <laughs> it's it's building relationships with them over years so they know that i'm going to go to bat for them that i'm not going to twist their story or or co-opt it or take advantage of any information they share so in the case of masama i had been in touch with her for about a year before she said yes to me. And um, I'd actually found her through the Olympic refugee team on their on their social media account. And I just reached out to her directly and just had a lot of back and forth with her for months. And I think when she realized that I wasn't going anywhere and that I actually really wanted to just support her, that that's when she started to, to trust me. But I think a lot of times, a lot of athletes, especially from countries where they haven't had that historical support come in a little curious um for athletes you know with bigger names like a sue bird or a becky sauerbrunn those are all contacts i've made either you know in person at events or via their agents and and a lot of times i have to sell it to them because they're they're really big names and a lot of times i need to say hey here's how we're different um you know you've had a ton of different interviews but how many of them talk about Sue Bird, the sister, or Sue Bird, the aunt, not Sue Bird, the basketball player? So we try to cover the person, not the sport, which I think is really humanizing and allows everyone to relate to it, whether or not you've ever picked up a basketball at all, or if you know, or if you don't care about sports, but you just like a good story. How do you approach them? How do you how do you approach any of this? Like <laughs> just to reach out and say. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Well, I usually have to smack myself a couple times to work up the guts, but no, in the beginning, I mean, honestly, it's very tailored to the individual. So in the case of, um, 
Sue, I would have to make a, a very specific ask for, for why this is different. I had the, I was very fortunate in her case where we were at the same conference and I just literally walked up to her and asked her point blank and she was very generous and said yes. But that, you know, that was scary to just walk up to someone who, who I've idolized and I had to work up the guts to do that. Often, <laughs> excuse me, it's crafting a cover letter that goes to their agent and doing a lot of background research on who this player is and what they care about. And then in that cover letter, appealing to that because most people don't spend the time or the energy to really do their due diligence on the athlete. They, they just say, Hey, we want to store, we want to do a story on Sue because you know, she's the top, top athlete right now. Most people don't know that her sister runs a bookstore or that her niece is currently sick. Um, all information that is publicly available, but you have to spend some time to do that work. So I think my greatest strength historically to date in terms of getting these big names athletes has actually been just putting in the work to really get to know them. So when you reach out to like international athletes, how do you navigate like language barriers or cultural barriers, especially when you're putting out a show, you know, that, you know, people are going to hear, how do you, how do you navigate those difficulties? It's really tough. It's really tough. I actually did a whole episode in Spanish um, for an athlete who does not speak English. And even though our listener base is predominantly um, is, is, predominantly English speaking, because the athlete doesn't speak English, it was important for me that she hears her story in Spanish. In terms of how we do the reach outs, um, I usually actually ask a friend or Google Translate to put it into their local language before I reach out. So it's in their mother tongue when I'm actually sending the reach outs. There's also services where you can find translators who, who can help with conducting interviews. Uh, I did a whole interview with Zara Namati um, from Iran. She was the, the first woman from her country to win a gold medal in the Paralympics. We had a translator on the call. I do not speak Farsi. Uh, she speaks some English, but it was helpful to have a translator on the call to be able to kind of go back and forth. So there definitely is a whole other barrier and hurdle to jump over when there is a language barrier. Who are some other like big names or people that you are trying to reach out to to get on your show? Trying to get on the show. I'm I'm trying really hard to get Simone Biles. So Simone, if you're listening, please say yes. Uh, <laughs> um, Naomi Osaka would be another one. The uh, the Japanese tennis player. I think she'd be incredible. Sky Brown. She's a, a skateboarder. Um, so <laughs> excuse me. I have a very long dream list. I'm working on it slowly but surely kind of chiseling it away. And why why do you want to reach out to them specifically? What what do you think? I mean, obviously we know some things, but what what draws that them to you? Sure. Um in the case of Simone and Naomi, both are really outspoken about mental health. Um I think that Simone in particular has in the, in the last couple of months, she's actually publicly gone to bat for um, some younger women of color who have been uh, bullied or overlooked in award ceremonies and is very, very good at using her platform for social advocacy. Naomi Osaka does the same thing during her matches with face masks and t-shirts and hats. So I really admire how both of them 
are truly themselves, um, regardless of the consequences that they may face or backlash. Um, I also really admire Sky Brown. Sky is young. She's a 15-year-old skateboarder in a relatively new sport. The Tokyo Olympics were the, the first time that skateboarding um, was there for women athletes. Um, she also is just incredibly personable, very relatable, very down to earth, um, very accessible, uh, and just hilarious. So I would love to have a conversation with her because I think it would be fun. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting because you sharing these stories brings out the role model in them you know the idea that little girls can have dreams to be a 15 year old skateboarder in the olympics is huge but you know someone a little girl seeing that can say i can do that or i want to do that where i think it's always been uh difficult for girls i think especially you know being a personal trainer in the industry you know i still get weird questions from men mm -hmm. and you know, people say odd things about like a female trainer versus a male trainer, which is is inter it's funny to me because it's like, this is what I do. This is my job. You know, to me, right. it's no different. But there is such a different view when we're talking about women, when we're talking about role models. And, you know, you have like your Michael Jordans, obviously, is a role model to so many people. Um, LeBron James, all all of these, and most of them are in sports, you know, like basketball or yeah. football. You know, it's not necessarily. I mean, there are people who idolize tennis players, but not nearly as much. You know, you've got soccer all around the world, so you've got the biggest names in the world that are these role models. So showcasing other people and women to little girls, I think, is it leaves such a huge impact. I hope so. I really hope so. And and the reason we're we're telling stories is because I think stories are the the fastest way to someone's heart. That's how you get someone to care. I can say, "Hey Gabby, you should care about X cause." And you know, but you're inundated with with hundreds of messages, hundreds of ads a day. But if I get you to care about something and you see part of yourself mirrored in someone else, then you're actually going to start to be invested. So Sometimes people are like, why do you tell stories? Why, why is that the way you go about it? And, and the reason is because I think that's the best way to make people care. You want them to be relatable because they're just people too. You know, they exactly. have families and kids and lives and illnesses and whatever obstacles they're trying to overcome just like anybody else. So it makes that person relatable, not just this person to idolize, but an idol that is human. A hundred percent. That's actually one of the most commonly talked about topics that they share is they feel this pressure to perform, to be robotic, that, that this is their job, but just because they're athletes, people put them on this pedestal and expect them to be basically not human. <laughs> and they're like, no, no, no. I have my insecurities. I have my doubts. I have my bad days. I have my great days too. Don't get me wrong. But I think oftentimes fans, you know, historically myself included, didn't give athletes the grace that I think they deserve. Yeah. I mean, you can even, you can see that, especially with, with Simone Biles and what happened exactly. in the Olympics and her stepping back, you know, because of her mental health, I think she got a lot of backlash for that. There were a lot of, she had a lot of support, but on the other side, there was a lot of backlash for that where, 
you know, there shouldn't be, there shouldn't be backlash for, for taking care of yourself and knowing when you need to stop just because you're this public figure, just because you're on the main stage and you're at the Olympics, you still are human and do have things going on that, you know, she didn't want to risk hurting herself. Exactly. I, I, I get angry about people when they, they hate on her, um, in her job, it is literally an issue of life or death. If she's having a tough day, it's not like, you know, and, and even for people who, who, where it's not life or death, it, it, there shouldn't be, be that stigma. Mental health is health kind of end of story for me, but that, that's where I stand on that. Yeah, absolutely. So what, impact do you think that flame bearers has and and what difference do you think it is making what difference do you see yeah um i think we can answer that in a couple ways so the the impact that i hear about most frequently is from from the athletes directly so monsi joshi she's um a para badminton player from India, the former world champion. And she told me, we interviewed her. And then she told me she started listening to other stories. And she thought it was really cool that women from around the world all share a lot of the same struggles that she realized that, you know, Becky Sauerbrunn, who's, you know, the captain of the U.S. national soccer team, also struggles from discrimination. While Monsi's in India, suffering from disability bias and discrimination. So I think for a lot of the athletes, they're feeling this sense of community and belonging and connection with women athletes around the world when historically there was no one bringing them together. So a lot of them felt very isolated and lonely. Um, I think another athlete, Alejandra Abar from the Dominican Republic mentioned that she felt really seen and validated that this was the first time she had felt like someone had really gone out of their way to champion them how they wanted to be championed. So those th th that made me feel wonderful. Um, for the non-Olympians out there and Paralympians like myself, for the people who are just in our community, we've heard a lot of incredible feedback about the role model piece, exactly. So from mothers, from young girls saying, hey, this is so cool. I wish I had information or access to, to these stories when I was younger because I would have done things differently. So for us, if we're reaching one person, it's it's well worth what, what we're doing. I love that you actually touched on the athlete side because from me asking the question, yeah. I wasn't thinking about the impact that it had on them. Right. <laughs> and you, I mean, yes, it has an impact on them because you know, they're telling their story, but you don't think that they're going to go and listen to others too, right? You know, listening to other people's stories and them relating to that. So that like, that's very, that's cool. I think that's really interesting that you're, you're helping women in that community find that, find that community, find other like-minded people that share the same things. Cause that, that was not on my mind at all. My mind go, right. goes towards who they're reaching, not right. them reaching each other. Right. And and to be honest, that was not the original goal. But when it was 
you know, after we interview every athlete, we asked for feedback, we asked, you know, how it went for them. And this was constantly stuff, information we were getting. And I said, wow, you know, I think I'd been blind to this area before, but I think it is actually an area of of tremendous value that, that we're supporting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because there are so many women now that are in, in that role and they need support too, just like anybody else. But (laughs) That that was not on my radar at all. So I think that is really cool that they're sharing. Not only are they sharing their stories, but they're getting benefit from others just like them too. So that's that's really cool what you're doing. Thank you. Well, thank you for saying that. <laughs> so tell me if if people are interested in um, seeing your show or listening to your show, where can they find find it? Sure. So we are flamebears.com. So flame as in the thing that comes out of the fire and bears as in the people who bear it. So almost like the Olympic torch, flamebears.com. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We also do a whole bunch of video work. So if you want to check that out, it's on our website or on socials. We're on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, all the usual suspects. Um, and I'd love to hear from you directly. So if anything I you know, said today resonates with you, please reach out. My name is Jamie Middleman. You can reach out to me directly on our website. We also have a contact form. Would love to, would love to hear from you. If, if there's any way that you want to be involved, um, we're actively building our community. So the more, the merrier. So speaking of building your community, are there any plans for your future or where you think you want to go with this? Yes. Um, So our goal is to become really the preeminent storytelling platform for this demographic, that when people think of stories of elite women athletes, that they think about us. In terms of concrete next steps, we are in the process of finalizing our plans for our fourth season. So these are athletes who are seeking to compete in the Paris Olympics and Paralympics. So we have, I believe it's 12 interviews currently lined up. We're actually in the search for an incredible athlete co-host. If anyone is an Olympian or Paralympian current or retired, who's interested, um, would love to work with you. And um, we're in the process of seeking a sponsor for that. So if you like what we are doing and want to support us financially, we would love to work with you. Nice. So looking to grow, 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 and reach as many people as you can. Yes, ma'am. Exactly. (laughs) So tell me, is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with today? Anything that you think is important or um, they need to know that you want to share with the world? I guess I would say that no one views themselves as a role model, including many of the the athletes, or let me rephrase that. A lot of women, myself included, historically have not viewed myself as a role model. That that said, you never know the impact you're having on other people and the importance it is to keep going and to do what you're doing because what you're doing matters. So I've seen that in my work. It's been very lonely. It's been challenging at times, um, but I'm just starting to see the payoff. So I think for other women, specifically entrepreneurs who are out there who feel like they are working and plugging away and not getting rewarded or not being seen, I would just say keep at it because you never know what impact you're having. I absolutely agree. I think that's so true. I just 
was writing about this very same thing about, you know, you have so much self-doubt and a lot of questions. You ask yourself why you're doing this or is this the right thing or is this ever going to pay off? And the answer is yes. The answer is always yes, because if it's something you're passionate about, if it's something that you feel you need to get to the world or that you really believe in, there is a payoff. It just takes a lot of hard work and <laughs> you don't always see the hard work on the other side. You right. see the product, you see, you know, the result of what someone else has been doing for years and years. And you can even relate that to the Olympians and athletes, totally. you know, this is where they are is something they've been doing and practicing their entire life. So, you know, I'm sure there's times or injuries or things that have happened that that make any of these women, you know, take a step back, but they just keep going and have become these role models. So if that's you and you're in that position, just keep on going. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for being on the show. So if anybody's interested in finding more out about these Olympian and Paralympian women, you can find her at flamebearers.com um, and listen to all her stories. But thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing this with us today. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. And thank you everyone for listening. If you're interested also in our travel and fitness program, you can find that at destinationfitcations.com as well as this podcast as well. So thank you all for listening and we will see you all next week. Bye.